Welcome to Ingenious Perspectives. On this podcast, we aim to discuss issues that have loomed. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. I'm leaving it in. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I've said this. I've said this intro like so many times, and now I mess it up. Anyway, welcome to Ingenious Perspectives. On this podcast, we aim to discuss issues that have loomed over the African American experience for generations. It's our goal to discuss these not just from our point of view, but from various research perspectives. We invite you to come expand your paradigms with us today. Um, this is like episode 25, um, and that's episode 25 that we've released, not to mention all the time, all the episodes we've recorded that we haven't released, and the number of times we've both practiced this intro, and yep, this is where I fuck it up, so yeah, yeah, yeah. How you doing, man? Hey, it's not, it's not when you first get good at something that you mess up, it's when you like... You're like confident. You're like, oh yes. man, I'm the man. Complacent. Hey, everybody, come look at me do this thing. You know what? Yeah. That's, a, that's a good point of like complacency. Complacency. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Uh, what what have you been up to as of late? How's how's everything going for you? Uh, you know, so I'm working this uh, MBA thing. So I'm, you know, working through these classes. Uh, yeah. I I recently took a trip out to the West Coast for the first time. Went to San Diego, California. That nice. was a uh, it was a good time. I uh, saw a bunch of things, went to a baseball game, went to the zoo, you know, did all that classic stuff, did a bunch of Navy things out there. Uh, okay. It was a, it was, it was definitely a good time. Um, and I understand now when people from California come to the East coast and, and they talk and they, they're like, man, this is, this is different over here. And, and, and you're missing out, you know, I, I get where they're coming from. You know, yeah, I, I, don't, I won't necessarily say I want to move there, you know, because the homelessness was just crazy seeing that. Yeah, like, it's it's different, uh, man. I've mm-hmm. so it's I went to San Diego. It feels different. It does. I went to San Diego in seventeen. Then I went to LA uh, earlier this year and Portland earlier this year. And that topic of homelessness is is crazy. So it's like this double edged sword because, right? Obviously, we live like I live in the south. We live in the south. So you got the the red south that is not going to accept certain things so they are not going to let people be on their streets that like a tent a tent community no 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 not in the red south they will shut that down they will shut it down immediately so yeah i I, I mean i don't know yeah i guess that's the funny thing about it because you know west coast is like you know uh you know really about you know catering to people's you know people's needs and wants and stuff like that and yeah. they're like you know we're not going to push these people off these sidewalks and you yeah. know as a matter of fact when i was there the the mayor of san diego had um just started a new initiative to try to clear the sidewalks of these people uh, to go and get them to the treatment centers get them to the uh the shelters and stuff like that and it was very very polite policy and i'm just yeah. thinking yo if that was that was atlanta georgia uh that was uh oh, you know jacksonville oh, Georgia, Yo, lock them up, Virginia, bring the paddy wagon. North Carolina, <laughs> South Carolina, like we have vagrancy laws on the books, bro. Yes. So, like, yeah, we don't play those games around here. And and no. again, and again, it's right. It depends on what side of the argument you fall out under. Is it better aesthetics for our city to not have tent cities? Um, obviously, yeah, it, it looks better in the city. But like, uh, there are a lot of people who need that, who actually need the help, and we just toss them in jail and give them criminal records. So, like, yeah, there's there's the pros and cons. It probably looks, you know, looks nicer out here, but goodness, these people suffering. They, uh, it's oh, hundred percent. It's that Paul Lawrence Dunbar. We wear the mask that grins and lies. It shades our face and hides our eyes. Yeah. Yep. 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 Man. 
And not, but, not to spend too much time on that topic, yo, but no. I just want to add this one little thing. Uh, so, you know, uh, that homelessness out there, is di- it hits different. And what I mean that? by that is like, when you see a random dude on the street in most uh, Southern towns like mm-hmm. or cities or something like that, right? The reflex that you learn from living in the South, especially, is you stay away from that person. Because if you mm. get close to that person, some, you're going to have a weird interaction at the very least. Mm. And at the, on the high end of it, it's going to be you know something that you're going you're gonna to have some memories about. Okay. Um, in general, I'm not saying this is you know it's, I'm not saying this no, is no, no. right. Go, continue. I'm just listening. Yeah, I'm not saying it's right or wrong or whatever it is. It's just it is is what you kind of learn over the years. Uh, over there, I looked. And I was watching people, and the people that live there don't have that same reflex at all. I saw uh, I uh, one of the first times I saw these these camps. I see a, a Lamborghini pull up right out, like because the camp is right in front of this high rise. Lamborghini okay. pulls up. This girl jumps out of the Lamborghini, like skips through the tents. You know, hey, excuse me, boop boop boop, skips through the tents, gets to the front door to go inside her building or whatever. Mm. It was just like that's not something that I would expect to see in the South. Yeah, people would give you know a, a wide berth. You yeah. know, to to those communities, you know. Yeah, that is interesting. I I I don't know. So, like, you know, there's two. There's obviously there's multiple sides to everything. That's why we have our show. Um, I think it's. I think that's a learned behavior thing. So I I would say I personally have never felt that way, and we don't have enough homeless people in Tidewater to like for me to to for me to be able to make a a solid assessment. Um, like I see people on the corner, you know what I'm saying? There's a there's a Walmart um in Newport News right by Sam's Club. As you're pulling out of that Walmart to turn on a Jefferson, that um that right turn lane, there's ninety-five percent of the time, maybe seventy-five percent, ninety-five might be high. Seventy-five percent of the time, there's somebody on that corner. Um, there's a spot if you're coming off a of six sixty four to get off on Powhatan. Um, and that's if you're like coming from sixty four to get off on Powhatan, there's a spot right there. Right at the exit, there's like someone there 75% of the time. And like I see people handing money. I've seen people like legit handing food. So like mm-hmm. maybe it's a mm-hmm. maybe it's an outside of vehicle. Perhaps if they had to walk through those areas, they'd be a little bit different. But it seems I think the barrier, the vehicle barrier allows people to just ignore them and pass through or interact with them to the level that they feel comfortable. Whereas if it was, it, you, I mean, you're probably right. If they had to walk through it and, and interact with them on a more intimate basis, that the, the interaction would be different. But yeah, man, who knows? Who, mm. who knows? On to lighter things. What have you been doing? On to lighter things. I went to BlurCon this weekend and it was fucking Ooh. amazing. It was fucking amazing. Yes. Uh, so this year's theme was homecoming. Um, as an apropos guest, we brought in Orlando Jones, um, mm. the, uh, the the director from, from Jumline. Um, also, he played Anansi in American Gods, a show that I felt like shouldn't have been canceled, but was. It is what it is. Um, he's done a lot of work, right? Double Take. Uh, he was the spokesperson for 7 Up for quite some time. Evolution. He was a voice mm-hmm. in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Or was he actually in that? I can never remember. I feel like he was in Hitchhiker's Guide mm-hmm. to the Galaxy somewhere. Um, but yeah, yeah. 
general general um great actor well well versed actor who is who has done um all sorts of all sorts of roles in, in movies and and shown us the 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 breadth of his acting ability so um that was dope I had I did not have a chance. Well, I shouldn't say I didn't have a chance. I did not take the opportunity to meet him while I was there this weekend. I did have a chance to interact with him. I volunteered at the con in safety, and this is a this is an interesting interesting story. So I was volunteering at the con in safety, and they put me on the bottom level of the Hyatt um, because there's con spaces. So the entire bottom level of the Hyatt is a con space. You can take the elevator down there. Um, and if you don't put, position somebody by the elevator, someone who doesn't have access to the con could just take that elevator down um, and go there. So they put somebody there just to make sure people have badges and to make sure people are wearing face masks because it was a vaccine mandated con and you had to wear a mask while you were in con spaces. So a hmm. uh, group comes down the elevator. Um, several of them are, are working for 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 blurred con you can tell by their t-shirts or jackets and then there's one person who didn't have on a mask and i stopped and say um excuse me you don't you don't have a mask on you can't come onto the floor you have to be wearing a mask and he just he just stopped and the other people who were working for blurred con kind of looked at me and i was like i don't know what you want me to tell you he's not wearing a mask and somebody walked off and i turned back and i looked and it was orlando jones i was like oh shit <laughs> and Orlando yeah. Jones without the mask. Yeah, and I looked at him and I said, <laughs> "I said, hey man, you're you're important. Somebody will get a mask for you." And he fist bumps me and he's like, "Yeah, you're right." And he just leans there in the corner, waiting for someone to bring him a mask. He was real chill about it. But I didn't know it was Orlando Jones until afterwards. But at that point, I had already gone in with both feet. I can't. I can't back out now. Yeah, you I can't, can't unjump. I can't, I can't do my job and then be like, "Oh snap! I didn't realize you were important. You do get a pass." No, bro. No, no, no. You don't have a mask on, sir. You're gonna you're gonna wait. See, right that's here. integrity like, right there. You can't be in con spaces. <laughs> I'm not gonna go into detail on why I'm not gonna go into detail on why you called me uh a couple a couple weeks ago. Uh, but I'll just say that you're a man of integrity. Oh my goodness. I uh, yeah, man, it was just like, hey, uh yeah, no, no. <laughs> Uh, and the nice. whole con weekend was full of just just great experiences like that. They did a guess that show trivia where they played show theme songs, um, the first three seconds of show theme songs, and man, I was crushing that. I got like maybe eighteen out of twenty of them. I didn't get my brother and me. That Jeez. Was one I, yeah, my brother and me was a theme song that I didn't recognize. And again, this is only the first three seconds, um, but I didn't get my brother and me. And there was one more I didn't get. Uh, I can't remember which which other one it was, but I, I crushed them. I, I was crushing it, man. They played different world. You know the you know the intro on the on the guitar. Mm. <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. and that was it. They played that. Everybody knew. Well, not everybody, because you got a lot of Gen Z, but they didn't know what we were talking about. But oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. even I even recognized half and half. Shout out to Rachel True, who was a con guest in twenty nineteen. Um, Come on, yeah. half and yeah. half is just half and half was great. We don't talk about half and half. No, we don't talk about half and half at all. Also, also, right, got to give proper credit to Essence Atkins, right, the other half of the half. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, that was a it was a great show. Recognize that one off the off the intro. I got Living Single off the intro. Of course, Jamie Foxx show. Like, as soon as that one, if came you do on, not like, get Living Single off the intro, you fail. Well, 
But here's the I thing: I feel like they, they should have took your took it right there. They were only they were only playing the first three seconds of these intros, and yeah, if you play if you play up to check 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 it out, right? Obviously, everybody's gonna get it. But the intro doesn't start like that. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. uh, it's it's some of these intros where you know you know the the words or you know uh, most of the intro, but you forget how it brings in and how it starts and builds up. And so like some of them, some of them were sketchy. Um, but but yeah, man, I was I was in there I was in there crushing it. And then they started asking questions about cartoons that came out when I was a teenager, like Proud Family. And I was like, bro, I didn't watch Proud Family. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I didn't watch. Proud Family. I, I didn't watch Proud Family either. Man. Yeah, I think I was like. I There's a like couple 15. episodes that stuck him. Yeah, yeah. I, go ahead, go ahead. I'm gonna look up when it started. Yeah, I was gonna say there's a couple episodes that stuck in my head. Uh, uh, La Cienega with the big feet. You know, oh, okay, around. all right. That one stuck in my head. And, uh, 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 so the the premise is that she got real big feet and she's shy and, and shy about okay. them, and right, uh, cool. she jumps I'll, in I'll the pool that. at one point. Uh, she's uh, uh trying out for the swim team, and she swims mm. real fast. And the, and the coach is like, "Hey, um, oh, you swim real fast? That's crazy. Oh wait, girl, you can't swim with with flippers oh, on. Excuse me, but oh, she doesn't have man. flippers on. It's just oh her, her man, that's <laughs> that's hurtful. That is hurtful. Wow, wow. Um, damn. Wow. So yeah, that's rough. That is, that is rough. So Proud Family came out in. 2001 that's when it started and i was 2001 i was 14 you know proud family wasn't on my radar it was not i don't think i was the target audience for the proud family though isn't it like a a a a, a, i want to say this is politically correct a female identifying uh coming of age story right like isn't that i don't don't, don't know the way to say it but yeah, it it's, a, it's, a, it's a coming of age story that like targets young and teenage women, right? So yeah, it is. But in typical, you know, uh, late nineties fashion, you know, it's produced by a male. I think. Um, okay, I'm guessing Fair. that. So Fair. a lot of it is through that lens. Yeah, uh, yeah, like uh, like how Gramnet did uh, did girlfriends. Although I don't think Kelsey Grammer was involved in the general direction of the show. I'm pretty sure it was just his production company. But yeah, Kelsey Grammer's company did girlfriends. So yeah, yeah, created by Bruce Smith. There's Smith. a you know not say, not to say that Bruce was just the only one there. There's a lot of producers and other folks that you know had their hand in the pot. But I think I think Girlfriends was mostly helmed by Sarah Finney. I want to say um, was like the the major. It was created by Mara Brock Akil, who is a black woman. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, why did I feel like I kept seeing Sarah Finney's name in that show? Why does that name keep standing out to me? And I'm not seeing it anywhere on this page as I scroll through it. Man, we have gotten sidetracked hard. All right. Anyway, like really <laughs> we, hard. we got sidetracked really hard. All right. Um, so yeah, Blurred Con this weekend was beautiful. Like I said, theme was homecoming. Um, as always, it was a beautiful, beautiful space for for black nerds and, and various black creatives. Um, I bought a lot of books this um, over the weekend from various black authors. Um, some of them who were in a, in a Afro uh, Afro futuristic kind of space, their stories took place. Um, some of them were in a, in an alternate history kind of space. Uh, I got to, I got to patronize um, a lot of black artists. Uh, so it was, it was just great. It was great. I took a ton of pictures. Um, 
And then next year's theme is actually Fade to Black. Uh, so a lot of Black Fade. So F-A-E-D to Black. So a lot of Black Fade is going to um, is gonna be uh, in the area next year, I'm sure. Um, I'm planning some cosplays for that. I did my first con cosplay. I just did a, uh, a simple leaf uh jonin so it's just the 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 pants the wraps the kakashi 12 sneakers and um and uh, and the jacket the flak jacket so that was dope i got to uh i got to do some color commentary for a taken seven tournament like i just had a good time i had a good time i really i really explored a whole lot of stuff that because i've been going to BlurCon for a bit but i kind of just like stroll around play video games enjoy some cosplays i felt like i participated in the con a lot more this year i don't know if it was the atmosphere or what but like i definitely was more participatory in the events of the con itself and and i loved it i loved it it was it was great it was a a, a harry potter pajama party on thursday night it was dope obviously I, i'm house slithering um so yeah yeah, good times, obviously. man. Good times. Obviously, obviously, I'm, I'm house slithering. When I first got that news, like when I did the the Pottermore test and it came out slithering, I was upset like for a bit. I was like, "What? I'm not Gryffindor," and I was actually, I was actually upset. And then I stopped and I was like, "Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not Gryffindor. <laughs> I'm, I'm not Gryffindor." <laughs> so you see the person on the side of the road and they getting their ass beat. What do you do? Um, is it a one on one fight? Wait, why are you asking that? Because that. That alters that my matters. response. Yeah, if they just get an ASB one on one, like I don't, I don't know that I should jump into that. Yep, slithering. Yes. <laughs> that's much more likely a decision set that they make. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, even though I was upset at first, I started going over scenarios that would require my bravery, and I realized it don't exist. So yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, speaking of that one, uh, the the fight scenario. I see this video, and I think I, I think I might have shared this with you a long time ago. Uh, this is a uh, you know subway, so I want to say it's like New York, Jersey, something like that. This guy is starting beef with another guy. He runs onto the uh, the subway, and right as the doors close, he spits on the other Ooh. guy who's outside the subway car. So right before it closes, but my guy outside, he grabs the doors. Like in that Ooh. moment, right before they shut, hands in the door, grabs it, and like muscles them open. And there's oh this boy. moment you can see in the dude's eyes inside the train. Inside the train, he's like, "Oh shit, yeah. I done fucked up." I done fucked up. And around. my guy grabs him, pulls him out. Yeah, he found out. <laughs> and you know, fight ensues. And I love this moment. This is a perfect human like rules and and stipulations of society type of moment. Where people on the platform, they haven't seen this whole thing happen. And so they're all they're seeing is just dude just destroying this other guy. And yeah. so they they're like, Oh shoot, I'm gonna run and stop this fight because that guy's right. in danger. Right. Right. The somebody who's watching the whole time goes, Oh no, hold up. He spit on him. Just to, to let them know, oh no, no need to intervene. He's yes. violated the rules yes. of society. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. And the perfect oh. thing is, the people listen. It was the perfect <laughs> thing. They, they were running over to help him. Oh, you know, wait, he spit on them. Oh, Roger that. Understand. No, not my fight there anymore. Are, there are rules, bro. There are rules. And I, I've even told my brother this. I was like, bro, I love you. Like, my brother, if we go out 
and you run your mouth and you end up in a one-on-one fight because you ran your mouth, bro, you got to eat that. I hope you can fight. I hope you can stomp dude out because you got to eat that. Now, if he start just murking you into the ground and now it's just looking like a mosh pit on your face, like, I'm a, 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 hold on, hold on. I think he learned his lesson. Like, come on, come up off him. But yeah. like you gonna you gonna get that ass whooping if you can't fight if you can't back up whatever you was running if you piss dude off enough that he wanna you know go to blows with you and you end up getting beat like I'm not stopping that right or just a reasonable ass whooping like I'm not stopping that little world star I'm gonna let that ride it's just like once yeah. you end up on the ground and dude is just obviously trying to put you in a coma like nah nah we can't have that but but yeah one on one fight no you on your own bro like you on your own that ain't got nothing yeah. to do with me. Hey, <laughs> version two of this story. Version two of the story. Uh, tell me if you watched Stranger Things, the new the new portion. I have not watched a new season of Stranger Things. I am, okay. I, I will try to de- I will try to tell the story with no spoilers. Okay. Uh, all right. There is a point. We all know Elle gets bullied. She goes to school. Okay. She gets bullied. That's a thing, right? Fair. There's this point. Fair. Alicia and I were watching this, right? Uh, and the girls getting bullied, and Alicia and I the whole time were like, "Yo, punch that girl." Like, uh, just like Harry Potter, you know, Harry mm-hmm. Potter and Malfoy, yo, punch that dude. That dude right, keep right. talking, punch him in that problem, right? Uh, yeah. And Elle finally gets the face, like she's about to do it. And yeah. Alicia and Lara are like, okay, let's go. She walks toward the girl, and as she walks toward it, she reached out and grabbed something heavy. Oh. And, and both of us were like, oh, wait, oh. no, no. <laughs> oh. oh, no, not, not that. That's too far. <laughs> like, oh. So there is a, there's a line... So- so here's my thing. You here's know. my thing. You never so there there should be a line, right? However, my thing is you never know what that person you running your mouth off to is dealing with on a day to day basis, or or if you're gonna be the person to make them snap. So if you are going to be the person who chooses to go around talking shit and choosing to run up, then one day you might get done up. I'm just saying. I uh, should should you fact. grab should you grab a random pipe and, and bash somebody in the head? Probably not. But if you've been having a, a rough set of days or years and that person makes that alopecia joke, that G.I. Jane 2 joke about your wife, <laughs> you might walk up he, and slap them in the face. Wife. Yeah, yeah. If you if you've been the butt of every August joke for the last several years, if everybody got jokes on you, and you know, you never know. You just don't know. You again, I'm not saying it's the appropriate response, but again, I'm not getting in the way of it because if that person has that type of targeted anger, I'm not about to stop that. Why am I getting beat with a pipe? Again, I'm not Gryffindor, sir. I, I did not sign up to protect and serve. All right. I work for Amazon. You want your package here? In hey, two days that's why I-, I got you. Like, yeah, and that's Uh, why those stickers, those bumper stickers you see, is a whole other meaning when they say "be kind." Be kind, bro. Be kind, because I'm not gonna save you. (laughs) Best best believe, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the dude at the court on the phone. Hey, yeah, yeah, officer. Yeah, 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 yeah. You should, you should probably send somebody here asap. Yep. Yeah, no, it's looking bad. Do you want to play by play? It's no, real bad. You don't want to play by play. Okay, well, I was just asking if you. I mean, I'm happy to give it to you. No, no. All right, all right. Well, I mean, we in a black neighborhood, so I hope you get somebody here fast. It's gonna be rough. You know? All right. Well, have a good one. <laughs> have a good one because you're not staying. I'm not staying here. I'm not. I'm not hanging out. I've, I've this. done my job. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm not hanging out for this. 
sir, we have we have you on a recorded call describing the fight. I didn't see nothing, sir. I didn't see. Didn't nothing. see a thing. I didn't see nothing. Hmm. That sounds interesting. You should reference that call for all information you need. <laughs> I guess maybe, I guess maybe you should introduce that call as evidence because I didn't see shit. Like I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> Uh, speaking of evidence, do they have any against Brittany Griner yet? Because uh, I mean, cause they have last... her confession at this point. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Which is which is so sad. It's so sad it had to go that way. I don't, I don't know how much time I wanna, I wanna spend talking about stuff that has a whole lot of stipulations and and concepts and ideas and we don't know that much about just yet. But the situation is trash. It's a it's a trash situation. Um, I mean, I wouldn't want. It really I is. I... There, like you said, it's, it's so many moving pieces. If we get too yeah. loud about it over here in the states, it mm-hmm. affects it because it becomes a bigger bargaining chip. For exactly, the and that's the and that's so, the crazy part. Yeah, it can't like, be too vocal. You know, you know, Vlad is over here looking because everyone is talking about how if she was a white man or even if she was a a male athlete, that she would be being treated differently um, with every by the government by the American government. And right. And, you know, he's watching that, you know, he's watching the story of a of a black LGBTQ uh, female athlete who's overseas and not being, um, I guess, protected in a a sense by her country. And Biden is getting his flag and he's loving that. He's loving it. And so I really don't want to add any more any more fuel to his fire. But it's it's a it's a crap situation. It's it's a lot of nuance, too, because like you're. I think I mean the I think the strict observation that if she was, you know, uh, a comparable you know comparably positioned male college athlete, you know maybe she would be home by now. Um, but on the flip side of that, there'd be a bunch of Russians that would be home right now too. And you know, not to say that you know, uh, not trying to say that they deserve to be home or nothing like that. I'm just saying a prisoner swap would have happened potentially earlier. Um, yeah, I think the last. But I you gotta realize to... we got. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say we. I mean, right now we have you know many, many, many Russians in uh in in American jails, and you know the Russians have many U.S. citizens in mm-hmm. jail that have been in jail for quite a long time, and the fact that um, Brittany Griner is getting. Uh, in some circles, I'm not saying this is my opinion, but in certain circles, people are looking at it as like, hey, the fact that she's getting any press at all and getting any uh, support for other than the Russian lost legal system to run its course is, mm-hmm. you know, just because of her fame, because there are a lot mm-hmm. of Americans that are in prison right now in Russia uh, okay. for various crimes, you know, some trumped saying. up from some not. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of different angles to look at this thing. But you know, the first thing I think is 100 percent true. The more noise we make about this thing, uh, the less, uh, the more likely it'll, it'll cost the country more. You know, if giving up Russian prisoners or not prisoners of war, but Russian detainees or, or prisoners is is a cost. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe she comes home sooner. It's 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 hard. It's definitely yeah. not an easy discussion. It's not. It's not. It's, it's very complicated. Very nuanced. Very high level and and far far higher far higher than I would say the the everyday citizens perception goes um, on the other side of, of black women um, right mm. since we last you know recorded we have Justice Katanji Brown Jackson who has officially been sworn in uh, I think it was June 30th she officially got sworn yes. in so 
So, you know, obviously we already knew she was going to get the job right there, already approved her, blah, blah, blah. But now she is a sworn in justice, Brown Jackson, um, on the Supreme Court. And so that's that's dope. That's that's, amazing. that's super dope. And it, it is. It's, um, it's a it's amazing now we have a uh, and, and I'm not, you know, trying to weigh in on the right or wrong, but we do have a counterpoint uh, to Clarence Thomas as a, as a liberal judge versus a conservative judge. Um, uh my yeah, yeah yeah speaking speaking of speaking of that's an excellent segue uh what's uh what's judge ruckus doing man what is he what's judge Ruck- i'm sorry i'm sorry judge ruckus. justice justice i gotta i do have to respect the man's title <laughs> justice ruckus what is he out here doing man what's, justice what's ruckus has thrown precedence to the wind and he has <laughs> So you know, it, I think it's 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 funny because he represents uh, a, a a thing that happens when you get converts in the room. So when I say converts, I mean someone who is not raised up in a system and they're new to the system, so they don't know all the in all the ins and outs of the rules, right? Mm-hmm. So when he adopts conservatism, he's trying to do it the best he can, but he wasn't really uh, raised up in it. In the same way that someone like, uh, and obviously generational differences here, but uh, somebody like Brett Kavanaugh was raised up in right. conservatism. Right. So when he looks at us throwing out Roe versus Wade, he's like, "Well, we actually got to throw out all this other stuff too, because it, yeah. you know, the the legalese that we use to get rid of Roe v. Wade, it's all this other stuff too." But uh, obviously, um, the majority opinion was like, "No, no, 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 no. We can be special with this thing." Right, uh, which, which is weird. Which I, don't, I, 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 dis- I, don't I disagree that. with. So here's the thing: there, there, I think they're interesting points. I, I don't, I don't agree. Just bottom, you know, bottom. Fuck the nuance. I don't agree. It's bullshit. You know, at the at the end of the day, it's bullshit. Anytime, anytime you can have a conversation with several men in America who have wives and daughters and don't even know that all insurances don't cover birth control or don't even know what different types of birth controls are covered by their insurance. So you don't know about women's health. So shut the fuck up. Like to me, that's that's my bottom line opinion. Uh, Again, it's not me telling you it's not me telling you what you should and shouldn't do. And if you're pro-life, then when you make life fucking protect it stop trying to determine what everyone else does if your if your christian you know sensibilities are that important to you i promise you whenever you get to the pearly gates no one is gonna say well your neighbor did xyz and you was kind of living right next door to him and i don't remember you ever going in and sitting at his dinner table and explaining to him the nuances of his incorrectness and the specific scriptures that he should be following so i think i gotta you know what i'm saying depart from me you know you can't you can't hang out like that's not how it works you know what i'm saying that's not how it works. No. Like, mind your own fucking business and stay the hell out of everybody else's. We're not supposed to be operating our laws based on Christian ideals anyway. Like, you're, we came over here to escape religious oppression. Like, that's that's the whole concept of, of why this exists. And now it's just a different religious oppression. Like, it's bullshit. Yeah. I, but I'm, I think one of the most infuriating things you can ever watch is any state house, and I say state in the, the government version. Right. Whether it be local or up to federal level, when they debate these issues, these Congress people or these policymakers are reading these words like you pulling a kid out of uh, out of you know, you know some some kid who's never never ever touched an engine before, and he's telling you what's wrong with your car. 
He's like, hey, there's something wrong with your, and he looks at the paper, your transmission and, and all that kind of stuff. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, you can tell they have no idea yeah, how reproduction the, works. I And I, just, I guarantee, like, it's not, here's my thing. The first Roe, the, the Roe v. Wade discussion, 73, the justice says, the, 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 the majority opinion says that priests, doctors, philosophers and various other scientists can make no determination of when life begins so we will not as nine justices try to make that determination ourselves like that to me that to me that we should not it's over it's done if you got nine justices who are telling you that they listen to all these different facets of people try to tell them proof of when life begins and they can't provide any then, then why are we still debating this? This was done in 73, bro. It's over. And then there's a, a separate discussion on this. And I, I don't, you know, again, I'm not weighing in on either side of this particular part. But like uh, when most of these judges, and I say most of them specifically talk about um, the recent nominees, uh, mm. the recent additions, uh, when they yeah. went to their confirmation hearings, they they gave very specific uh you know, answers to some of the questions around Roe v. Wade because they knew that it was going to come up in the docket. Uh, they asked very specifically, hey, what do you think about Roe v. Wade? What do you think about Roe v. Wade? Uh, and obviously they were shy about, you know, a lot of procedural questions, but both of them definitively said, hey, that's settled law. That is the law, you know, that kind of stuff. And then here here we have a ruling where, you know, Amy Comey Barrett and Justice, uh, and then, uh, Brett Kavanaugh both undermine that, you know, they rip up that precedence and say, oh, wait, it's not subtle law. That seems to yeah. me, you know, obviously we still have room for growth and things like that. You know, maybe they changed their mind type of stuff due to the testimony. Yeah. They were so persuaded, it's, you know, it's, but to me, we should, to we me should inv- not investigate that, but at least pull the string on that. That should be a discussion. Hey, you said this to- under under oath. You know, the the problem, my problem, my biggest issue, and I'm going to say this again, because we are in 2022 and we have more midterm elections coming up. We don't show up at midterm mm. elections. We show up every four years. And because we only show up every four years to these elections, you got people like Mitch McConnell. So the, the court and let's just let's go back in history. All right. Let's go back in history. Our current court is six, three. Right. Six, three. Um put in by conservatives, put in by Republicans, three put in by Democrats. Okay. So let's 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 flash back to 2016 when uh when Justice Antonin Scalia dies in February. Okay. Mitch McConnell blocked it. Blocked uh President Obama's nominee who would have been um our current uh our current attorney general and I don't know why his name is escaping me right now. But that was Mary his Mayor Garland, thank you. That was his intended nominee. Okay, so that takes us to a 5-4 court. Then you have in 2020 um, that Mitch McConnell pushes through, <laughs> pushes through when um, sent, when was it not? Why do I want to call her? Uh, wow, I was about to call her Sandra Day O'Connor. Ruth Bader Ginsburg dies in September, pushes through a nomination. So that again, that would have put the court 5-4 Democratic favor so like these midterm elections are huge 
because it gave Mitch McConnell the power to stop one presidential nomination and push through another. Like the, the midterm elections are so huge. And what a lot of people are missing is that it's these midterm elections that gave Republicans power in states that allowed them to redraw districts in 2010, which is what keeps them in power. Like, bro, if you, regardless of what side you fall out on, if you feel like you want to see any type of change happen, you got to go to your midterm elections. You got to go. The, the, the direction of our nation, um, it, I won't say it hasn't changed. I won't say like it. the president has no impact on it, but the Congress has way more, in, in my opinion, Congress has way more impact on the direction of our nation than the, the sitting president. So like, this is, this is big, man. Y'all gotta, y'all gotta get out and vote this November. Um, and, and whatever elections you got going on, pay attention and try to be informed voters too. Don't just check a box because it says D. Like, pay attention to the issues and what they support and what you care about and, and get out and vote. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is definitely a uh, evidence of a, of a failure. If, if you're looking at it from somebody who is uh, who's pro-choice, specifically talking about Supreme Court justices, uh, this was a failure in the Democratic Party to 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 plead its case to the American voter um, yeah. Yeah. in a couple, a handful of elections. Uh, and, and then and, not only that, you know, to not codify Roe v. Wade, that was another. Oh, my failing. goodness. Yeah, that was that was a definite miss, a definite miss, because you're looking at the fact you put this in the actual law, then it doesn't have to rely on a loose interpretation of the 14th Amendment. And again, I'm not I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a judge. So I can't I can't go into the details of the intent behind the 14th Amendment or or what it was supposed to do. But that was the basis that due process is what they use as the basis for Roe v. Wade is what they use as the basis for Lovey v. Virginia is what they use as the basis for gay marriage. Like it, it due process sits as as a foundation for so many freedoms that have been granted over the years. And so to, to have the court chip away at this, I'm not saying that Clarence Thomas is right, but the direction that he's saying, like, it's a scary, it's a scary possible future that we could be looking at because like it, it's the same foundation. It, they all of those things sit on the same foundation. And maybe the court says, oh, well, we would never touch those, but you touch women's reproductive rights. Like you would never right. touch those, but you would touch women's health. Like I don't understand, I, j I don't get it. So I I don't know. It's a it's a it's a scary alternate alternate future that that we could exist in because I would have never thought that Roe v. Wade had any reason to be reviewed by the Supreme Court. I would have never thought that that was a precedent that we need to revisit. So in that in that same sense, you know, twenty thirty years from now, maybe you know another group of justices thinks that some other presidents need to be revisited and we need to model our nation a little bit more to the, to the Christian conservative. Like, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. This is a, it's kind of a nightmare scenario, I'm sure, but it's a nightmare scenario with real possibility. So. Right. It's one of those things where if you have, you know, you protect yourself from the, the, the likely threats and you also protect yourselves from the extreme threats, you know, even yeah. if they're unlikely, you know, uh, you mm -hmm. put your seatbelt every on every day when you drive, you know, even mm -hmm. though it's unlikely that you're going to get in that car accident. We right. should enshrine our our rights in law, even though it's unlikely that somebody should come for them because when they we do, should. you just lost we the should. right. 
<laughs> and at this point, we can't uh, even pack the court. A 6-3 court, we can't even pack it. So we got nine justices. Let's say we want to go up to 11. 11 doesn't swing it. Now we're at 6-5. We literally have to install four more justices in order to swing the court back in the other direction. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, we're so not about to that's we're not about this discussion. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. No, and, oh. and with, especially with the folks that are – so, Joe, you know, Joe Biden, he is a – uh, you know, you can describe him in as many different things, but one of the things he's not is, uh, you know, a line pusher. You know, he's no. someone who he walks into the checkers game and he's going to play checkers with you, and yeah. he's not going to, you know, he's not going to king me. You know, that's not he's not going to try to break yeah. the rules or, or 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 push it a little bit, and that's that's one of the reasons why I think that you know the voters came out and chose him as the next president because they they had, you know, had. You know, four years of, of someone who who wasn't really linked in with the rules, you know, and that yeah. and that kind of brings us into the other thing that's been going on uh, recently is that the the, uh, the committee hearings. Oh my about goodness, that? bro! This man is a child. <laughs> <laughs> this man is a child. When uh when when Shorty got up and, and I'm sorry when she his his uh his it it wasn't. It wasn't his advisor. It was the aide to one of his higher people. The aide to the chief of staff. Thank you. When she got up, now obviously that's why that's why Senate hearings are not considered court cases because hearsay evidence isn't admissible in court. But when she got up, it was like, yeah, one of the Secret Service people said he grabbed a steering wheel trying to get to the riot on January sixth. So I had two things going through my head. One, he's a child. He's he's a he's a petulant child. Two, he's a man of his word. He said he will march with you, and he actually did everything in his power to march with them for the riots. So it's like it's like, huh? Is it possible that the most honest and forthright president has told the biggest lie possible? Like, is it, so? Does he actually believe it? So now that's my question. So we know it's a lie. Everyone around him has told him it's a lie. Well, not everyone. There's a handful of people. I think I shouldn't even say handful. It's like one or two people, Rudy Giuliani being among them, who have told him, no, it's not a lie, bro. This really happened. But is it possible that the most honest president we have had in our lifetime is Donald J. Trump? Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Because that would require, I think, I think that would require a level of him living in his own world that uh but he he does live in his own world but here's the thing i'm not saying that his world is right i'm not saying that his beliefs are accurate but truth right his truth is based on his belief right so we can't say we can't say that christianity is any more true than hinduism which is any more true than, than buddhism or anything like that when that person tells us their beliefs when that person tells us about the facets and tenets of of their religion they are telling us what they believe to be true so donald j trump may very well be telling us what he believes to be true. And when you go back and look over the stuff that he said and done, my man said, hey, I'm going to build a wall. And he did everything in his power to build a wall. He said the election was stolen and he did everything in his power to steal it back. He said, I'm going to march with you. And he did everything in his power to march there with them. This man, this man, oh my God. 
Yeah. Oh, he, oh my goodness. The, the when yeah I. I <laughs> Bro, just there's no, there's nothing that I, I want to be like. There, I no part of me wants to believe this or endorse this or anything like that. But it's just, it's, it's a possibility. It's a possibility. That's all I'm saying. It is a possibility because I think you know someone. <laughs> when you go back in presidents, you go to you know uh, George Bush Jr., George Bush Senior, you know Barack Obama, mm-hmm. Bill Clinton, yeah. like just rattling off a handful of recent presidents here. Um, yeah. All of those folks were smart enough to lie. To, to lie to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're a politician and you're being 100% honest with me, I'm a little upset. There's a lot of secrets that they have. I don't want to know, bro. Don't put that weight on me. I didn't run for the office. They'd be like being a parent. You walk up, hey, hey, what's up? So DJ, listen, man. Daddy lost his job. All right. And um, I'm not sure where our next meal is going to come from. But um, I need you to be thinking about that. I just want to make sure you know everything that's going on in your day to day life. I'm no. broke. I'm broke. All right. And the savings account is tapped. You might be homeless. It's, tapped. In the next it's gone. Month. <laughs> you might be homeless in the next month or two. Every day when daddy's been leaving for the last month, he's just been going and walking around the park because I'm, I'm sad and depressed and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Matter of fact, let's talk about depression. You know what, DJ? Like this shit, adult depression is real. And I don't think I've ever really had a chance to deal with that shit. It's heavy on me. Sit down, son. Grab a drink. All right. Listen, man. So. Uh, <laughs> I don't want it on this president, man. Lot of me, dog. Lot of me. <laughs> yeah. President walks into Rose Garden and is like, listen, <laughs> Russia has 732 nukes pointed at us right oh now. My God. I can't oh stop God. any of them. I can't you know? <laughs> Hey, our nuclear defense system hasn't been hasn't been updated since 1977. All right. It's not equipped to stop anything that's about to happen to us. We just been we just been thinking that, hey, all this time we kept telling Russia we had big bad shit. They would believe us, but they actually called our bluff. And you know what? We were bluffing. All right. We got a yeah. two and a seven. It's, that's it. That's all we got. It's, we got it's a two actually and a hung together. Yeah, it, it all hinges on some dude named Daryl that works in Nevada, and he called in sick yesterday. <laughs> Daryl, Daryl's actually the the third generation of person who has been maintaining the the nuclear defense codes. Uh, his dad before him, and his dad before him. Um, and so, like, if they decided that they didn't want to do it, right? If they ever defected to Russia, we're kind of fucked because we just we decided like it would be cool if there was at least one job in America that was you know passed down from generation to generation so we decided to do it with the with the nuclear defense system so yeah 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 <laughs> we don't want, you don't want to know that yeah you don't want to know that no keep There's that this, shit to yourself you know, as, yeah as much as like the news runs off a of negative news we want to at least think that you know the, there is a line that it doesn't go across that oh, okay exactly. that system exactly. works exactly you know but it doesn't. <laughs> Whatever it, it is, it, it doesn't. It really, it really doesn't. So, like, I just, and that's how I feel. The, um, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying he was great because I, I don't think he was at all. I think he was a trash president. I just think if we're listing out right that particular feature of a person, he tells the truth as he sees it. You know, again, yeah, not so a, something, I don't think he was some, a, I don't think it was a good president or a good person, but he tells the truth as he sees it. Something I find really interesting from his time as president was his relationship with the Fed, especially as we're going into this period of time oh, yes. for a long time. Wait. Because he was just like 
don't raise the rates. And so people were like, so hey, you shouldn't you shouldn't influence the Fed and yada yada yada. He was just like, don't raise the rates. Whatever so here's happens, my question. Raise the rates. Here's my question. As a businessman, so right, every president, every person has an aspect of things that they are good at, right? They have their areas, right? We're not, I don't expect the president to be great at everything. That's why he has a cabinet, right? That's why he has advisors, all these things. However, the thing that made Donald Trump famous was his business sense. Did he have a huge loan from his father? Sure. But he still grew that money, right? Can't take that away from him. Regardless of what his father gave him or, or anything else, he still turned that into much, much more. He turned that millions into billions. So still a talent that a lot of people don't have. So cool. Do you think that it was his business acumen that he was leaning on in order to tell the feds what they should and should not be doing? Uh, no. Uh, and I say, I, I, so two reasons I say no. One, because I, I always hesitate and this is my bias. So hundred percent, but always hesitate to, to assume that there's some savvy, intelligent thing happening. With, uh, with there. anything so that he's one. doing? With it. yes. <laughs> anything uh, you know, that oh, he's It's doing. really, you know, no. Yeah, so I just want to oh, put that out, out there. The second oh, thing is, I, I think it was a very, you know, logical, uh, simple thing that a lot of observers see. When you raise the rates, unemployment goes up. Pretty simple. Mm. Because that's what, uh, that's what raising the rates is supposed to do. That's bad for a politician. And so I think he, I, I think he, he very... Uh, uh, you know, not necessarily cynically, but just very, you know, astute observation to say that I don't, I as a president don't want unemployment to go up. So I'm not going to raise the rates uh, or I'm going to, you know, fight against raising the rates. Mm-hmm. So he wants to be able to point to the economy and in, in, in during, especially during reelections or even just talking about the legacy and be like, look, I have, you know, and, Ooh, and you know, me. I'm just saying that the cynical part, but you know, even right. if, you know, looking at him, if he's a sitting American president who actually cares about the American people, you don't want unemployment to go up. So, you know, I think that's mm-hmm. what, you know, him not being indoctrinated by the Washington kind of consensus on what yeah. you do when the economy gets too hot. He was able to just be like, no, nah, I don't think that's a good idea. Don't raise the rates. Um, okay. So, Fair yeah, I, I, I like that. But Joe Biden being much, very much a product of the Washington consensus and a creature of Washington. You know, an eighty-year-old, an eighty-year-old man who's a third-generation politician who went to segregated schools. Yes, continue. Yes, yeah. yeah. When they, when, when the federal government, you know, the Fed's governors say raise the rates, he's going to be like, "Yep, that's the thing we do. That that's what we did back in the day. That's what we do now. Yes, let's do it." Uh, and that's what is happening. Mm-hmm. Raising the rates, unemployment is going to go up a little bit. Uh, hopefully, it uh, turns inflation, which I don't think. I don't think the rates are driving inflation, so I don't, I don't think it's actually so, going to turn inflation. I don't think I don't think the yeah. rates are driving inflation. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't say that raising the rates, um, it's I wouldn't say it's like a direct linkage. I would say that there are a series of gears that are turned by raising the rates, and I, I would say it from the direction that raising the cost of borrowing money causes less money to be borrowed. Right. As less money is borrowed, we see production. So that that impacts all things. People are borrowing money all the time. Big companies are borrowing money. Even when it came to the purchase of Twitter, he uh, he tried to amass money together. He didn't just sell off all a bunch of stock he had in Tesla. He amassed money to to buy Twitter. So everyone is borrowing money all the time. 
when we raise the cost of that, we start to affect what is we start to affect what people are making, how people are hiring, so on and so forth. So then we start to affect affect how people are spending. As people start spending less, right, then the, that demand is going down. So now you have an increase in supply, which will eventually drive down prices. So no, it's not going to affect affect inflation, but hopefully it'll drive down prices, the cost of living day to day. Now, how that eventually affects inflation, again, I'm not financially savvy enough to know. However, I do know that raising the cost of borrowing money will decrease spending. And once that goes down, right, that's a decrease in demand. So now we have an opportunity to restock shelves to get right there are vehicles that people can't buy. Like as soon as one comes on a lot, it's gone. As soon as a house comes on the market, it's gone. So as we start to raise a basic amount of what we have, like this this basic stock of what we have available, then the price of everything is driven down. It's just to me, it's just a, a supply and demand thing as they raise rates. Yeah, and that's that's what's been going on right now with the with with inflation is 100% a supply crunch that is and then a surge in demand um that has uh you know just raised prices that's what supply and demand curves that's what is what's what right. happens um yeah. what i what i'm kind of let down when i look at the government uh and i look at the the ideas out there cuz you know i think um some great philosopher and i can't remember who said it uh basically says whenever a crisis comes up you fight that crisis with the ideas that are laying around. You don't come up with new stuff. It's usually, okay. you know, people have already fleshed out different ideas. You pick one of those and go after it. Um, okay. And so, you know, the ideas on the table when we got inflation is raise the rates. Uh, there are some other things that I think are, you know, should have been considered or should be explored. Um, okay. As much as they're kind of taboo in our current, uh, uh, you know, political spectrum, but like, you know, Price controls using a national defense uh, um, production act on you know fuel producers. Um, there's uh, uh, public public firms. You know those are all things that we we have done historically that could be done in this time that could uh, you know really um, attack directly inflation by um, well, I, you know solving the supply problem. I would feel heavily informed if we did an episode discussing those, because, again, that's not one of the aspects that I've I've ever chosen to focus any of my study. It was it's just it's never been of great importance to me, like how that because I, I, I've never felt like I had any control over it. You know what I'm saying? So I, it was never an area that I did a whole lot of study. But I think being informed would be great. Like so maybe. Mm. If not next episode, the episode after that, you know, you can run us through some of these options that have already existed, you know, how they've worked historically or haven't worked historically or any of those things. Because I know I'd love to be informed. So I know we got at least a handful of listeners out there who are in the same same category who would also love to be informed. Absolutely. Yeah, we can definitely uh, make some commitments to that and drive toward it. OK, great. That's great. Um what so I'm gonna ask you this before we before we go out. What was your biggest revelation from the uh, from the congressional hearings about January six? The biggest revelation for me was just how completely out to lunch this group <laughs> of folks were. Uh, like I can't understand. And this may this may be the military in me or whatever it is, but when mm-hmm. there is a fire next door, I don't look to three other people and go, "Somebody needs to put it out." Can you can you yeah. go and put it out? 
Yeah. Well, yeah. I tried to. I, I I thought about pulling it out, but there's no fire extinguisher in there, and you just let that. You just let it burn. Like they just let it burn, and everybody in the room knew the right answer. Uh, you know, they knew the right answer, and nobody said, "Hey, let's let's actually take some action here." And it, Amy yeah, Coney Barrett has seven children. Okay, continue. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you put uh, out the fire. Go ahead. I don't want. I was going to make an offhand joke. That'd have been terrible. Uh, anyway, um, the uh, yeah, they just you know you talk about the lawyers in the room. The lawyer literally mm-hmm. says multiple times, "If we do that, we're all going to jail. If we do yes. that, we're all going to jail. That was if my. We that was that, my we breaking the part. law. That's when, illegal. When the lawyer, <laughs> the lawyer that he found to loosely interpret the Constitution in a way that is favorable to him, who was riding down all the way to the wheels fall off, gets down to like January fourth or fifth, and he's like, all right, all right, all right, all right. This has gone on long enough. I thought this was a joke. You know, I thought I was just getting paid. You know, this was like a ha ha kind of thing. But apparently, you serious, bruh. All nine justices are gonna vote unanimously to overturn this shit. We're not about to ride out on this. You crazy? I, Yo, th- I thought we were joking. I thought we were joking. That's my bad. And, and, and which, like, which lawyer are you talking about? Are, there, are you talking, talking about, about the dude that so, they randomly found in uh, the Department of uh, Agriculture or something like that? So, uh, so there, I can't remember. There was one that Trump had found, right? And then, mm-hmm. um, then uh, why can I not remember names today? Who was our Pence? Pence's lawyer, mm-hmm. Pence had his lawyer look into it. He's like, yo, this shit sound crazy. I don't think that was the intent of the Constitution. But look into this, verify, you know, the legality of this and see if I can actually just do what the hell I want to do with this election and let me know. So his lawyer looks into it, starts having discussions with Trump's lawyer that he hired. And they're going back and forth. And Trump's lawyer finally just comes out and is like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I know. I know we can't do it. But like, yeah, never mind. You're right. Let me go ahead and tell him. And so he finally tells Trump, like he tells him, yeah, this shit ain't going to ride. And Trump's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you, but we good. Like the discussion from the aide about how Trump called off, right? Called off defense. I said, get those metal detectors out the way. Like all this shit. My man's knew. My man's built a whole army, knew they were armed, had had briefings about how these people were armed and ready for war. And he said, yeah, let him in. Let him in. It's cool. It's cool. Don't even worry about it. Let him in. Like, what? What is wrong with you, sir? And then what what does he say? The quote quote is, uh, oh, they're not going to hurt me. No. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Yeah. They're not going to hurt me. Yep. And then, again, once again, my my crazy, crazy, I can't stand it. And I have to, again, plug midterm elections. Bro, Mitch McConnell says, yeah, like, I don't support nothing that man did. That shit was crazy. But we can't impeach someone who's no longer in the office. Certain nothing about impeachment says that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We've we've read this. We've all read this over and over and over again. And several lawyers have gone over this several times. And nothing on there says that you cannot impeach this man just because he's not in office because we can prevent him from running for office again. Like, what are you saying? What are you, what are you saying to me right now? Why are you doing this, yeah. sir? Why are you doing this? Drunk. All the way. Because they, uh. they didn't want the legacy. They didn't want the legacy. And they knew. The other part is they knew that their uh, their base would revolt. 
against them. Well, and, well the uh, legacy polls. the legacy you now have is of a party that's held hostage by Don Trump. Still. Which is wild. Like can you like if if you would have walked up to fifty year old John McCain and said, Hey, this is what twenty twenty two is gonna look like. Oh my goodness. This man this oh man would've he he would have slapped you in your mouth. Imagine <laughs> not, we ain't even we ain't even gotta go that hard. Imagine imagine going up to, to Bush Senior. Hey man, the legacy of your party is gonna be Donald Trump in a stolen election. What? Yep. Yep. Oh, oh, by the way, your son is gonna lose to him in the primaries. <laughs> your son is gonna lose to him. <laughs> don't kick a man while he's down. You gonna, you gonna tell him I don't I don't understand. So here's my thing. Donald Trump beat some of the most well bred politicians that we had. He beat Jeb Bush, whose father and brother had already served in the office. So he had a total yes. of 12 years of presidential history in his family already. And then he beat Hillary Rodham Clinton, who, who might have who been one of the most credentialed presidential candidates that we have ever had. Yes. And he beat both of them. <laughs> I was like, yo, this shit is wild. Yes. That's, yep. like, that's like me going to a NASCAR race, pounding a beer and say, let me drive. And <laughs> you know what? You know what? He's the Boston Celtics, except 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 he won the finals. Like, except he won. Except yeah. he won. Like the Boston Celtics had the most Cinderella run. They beat all these teams, and there's no reason they should have beat. Then they, you know, got faced with the Warriors, and they lost. But anyway, yeah, he he's he's the Boston Celtics. Yo, like, Jeb, Jeb Bush left the governor of Florida, one of the yes. most diverse, one of the most uh, challenging states. To, to run as a governor on a good note. Mm-hmm. He left yeah. it on a good note. People yes. sort of were like, you know what? Hey, could have been better, but it wasn't bad. Yes. On top of the fact, <laughs> on top of the fact, Jeb Bush, Jeb Bush had stuff in his background that would have made him better. Jeb's Bush wife is a Mexican immigrant. How appealing would that have been to get immigrant vote? For him and his campaign, yeah, I support y'all. Of course I care about you. I want you to be able to have rights. I just want you to do it the right way. Look at my wife. She yeah. did it the right way. Let's everybody just, you know, do it like she did it. My man, oh, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. But then you had clowns on stage too because you had Chris Christie. And- Yo, you had, you had all, the Republican and Democratic primaries were filled with so many people who I felt like were just running their mouths from Miss 132nd Native American to freaking Chris Christie. Just just stop. Just straight, all y'all stop. Just straight clowns. But just you know stop. what? Uh, it's funny, though, because if you look forward, I look forward to 2024. And I think, well, if Mitt Romney was around in 2024, that's not a bad Republican candidate. But the Republican Party, they would destroy him. They wouldn't want him. You know what? I would. I I would. Considering, shit. Yeah. I don't. don't, Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. right, I'm gonna just say this: If Joe Biden runs in 2024, and his opponent is Mitt Romney, that's tough. Ooh, don't do that. (laughs) Ooh, sir, sir. Look, man. Look. Hey, look. You can't be mad at me for whatever episode we have on uh, in December of twenty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. If Joe Biden runs in twenty, I'm not. I don't want to say I'm not because, like, I I like to be a man of my word. I'm gonna have a difficult time voting for an 82 year old man. Yeah, I'm just saying. That's, in, 
I'm just yeah, saying. Yes, you're right. I, and I think I'm there's just, only and, that, and we're expecting him to hold on for through another four years with the stress of presidency. So first off, 86 is high life expectancy for anyone. Now we're expecting you to hold on to that through the stress of presidency, bruh. Like, I don't yeah, know. especially because the the candidate that they're looking, you know, the list of folks is you know Donald Trump. It is uh, well, my man DeSantis, Ron DeSantis yeah. down in Florida. Like, that's and then, the list. And then the other thing is, it'd be different if Joe was the only viable Democratic candidate. Sir, oh, your vice not. president is a more viable candidate than you are. Why are you doing this? Why are uh, you doing this? You got vice president, you know. Uh, we got Pete uh, Buttigieg, who Pete, I don't know yes. why nobody is talking about my man's Pete. Pete, my man's Pete. He's got he's got military history. My man served as the mayor. Like my, my man's is amazing. All right, he's okay, yeah. He, now sorry. he's at he sorry. now he has four years of cabinet experience as well. Yes. So like yes. you add all that together, and you really don't have a shot at him. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I I'm over here. I'm over here boo loving for Pete, but yo, my man deserves it. All right, he yeah. deserves it. Uh, I, I hate yeah. I, I I fan like the when I look at the 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 the. the I guess the the landscape of political yeah. leaders out there. I think that's the only one that I kind of get a little excited for. Yeah. Um, I've heard him uh, speak a couple times, uh, not not in person, but just you know listening to various speeches, and yeah. he lays out the case for America in a way that um, I don't feel the same level of excitement for until I go back to Obama speeches. And not yeah. to say you know everybody who's great needs to be in Obama's shoes, but it is right. very similar. Uh, very similar experience. I I love Pete Buttigieg. I think he's he's dope. Again, I'm not going to say that I'm super well-versed in his politics. What of his politics I do know, I don't have any qualms with. Um, But yeah, I think I think he'd be. I think he'd be dope. And then military background. When's the last time we had a? uh, When is the last time? Uh, We had commander in chief. You know. So so if you want to, if you count Peace Corps, then we say Bush Jr. But if you don't count Peace Corps, it's Bush Senior, who was Mm -hmm. the youngest naval pilot in history. That's. I mean, that's crazy. That is the commander in chief of the world's leading military force nation. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Not having military experience, and then not even like okay, well, uh, they were on the Senate Armed, you know, Armed whatever you know committee, or they. I don't know, have some experience with tertiary to military service yeah, or something but, like that. They didn't have nothing. But but if we start if we start adding that, then why doesn't the Secretary of Defense have military experience too? You know what I'm saying? Like I get what you're saying. And I want it, right? Don't get me wrong. I desire for the person who is the the end all be all of a lot of these decisions that impact the military. I like them having a seat at the table. But then we're going to say, all right, does that person now need to have gone through public schools? Because that's also right. You, you start throwing in all sorts of things that the president runs that they typically don't have any experience with. I would be more inclined to have our secretary of defense have military experience. Yes, I, I agree with that. 100%. Our, our president. But uh, it's nice. It's not. I like it as a yeah. as a selling point. I like it. But as a as a does this make this candidate better or worse than the other? I would rather if I if I have to choose who has it i'd rather our sec def have it yeah I, and i definitely i agree with you on that one and and i would go down the list of the cabinet positions and be like you know hey like you said public school like hey department you know department of education you know like 
did you go to public school? No. <laughs> why are you here? Get out of here. You know, excuse like, me, sir. Have you ever had student loan debt? No, you don't get to be in charge of the exactly. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, you went you to Harvard to and Yale on a thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, why are we talking to you? We can't. We can't. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. You said boarding school. No, sir. No, sir. Yeah. Get get thee behind me. Yeah, <laughs> get thee behind me. <laughs> get thee behind me. <laughs> uh, well, be going I, think, for my I think we yeah, have that's to, just, uh, to close. Uh, just, I don't know. That's just wild to me. But um, that, as always, discussing current events, we always well, get sidetracked. 100%. We, we're, we're off in the woods here a little yeah. bit. Um, what, what closing words do you have for us, sir? Oh, uh, midterms. My closing word, to echo yours throughout this, is please ensure that you're registered to vote correctly register vote in, in with your home your current home address and, that you and go the correct spelling of your name if you're in georgia because that can hold you up um so yeah yeah go out and yeah. get registered go out and vote. <laughs> yeah um and and stay abreast of your state's voting laws um a lot of them change between over the last two years there have been a lot of changes to voting laws so if you if you're used to voting through absentee ballot, um, some states have fewer drop off places for you to, to turn that in. Some places have specific times where you can turn those in. Some states are now requiring you to request those. So just look, pay attention. It's July. All right. You have you have plenty of time between now and November. You got almost four months between now and Election Day you to pay attention for you to learn for you to become informed and not just on candidates but on what the requirements are in your state to even be able to participate um, in the process so um do what you got to do and, and get registered get ballots if you need them do, do do everything you need to do because as he said midterms um as always this has been a change perspectives keep expanding your paradigms peace